Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Ryan Batty, Managing Editor of Copper and Blue, one of the premier hockey blogs in Edmonton and an important source of Oilers analysis worldwide, right? Sure. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA, Alberta's original radio. A little bit later, you'll hear about the new season of CKUA's Trans-Canada Music West podcast, which kicks off with one of my favorite bands and continues to play amazing music from Western Canada. So stay tuned for that. So thanks for coming, Ryan. Glad to do it. How do you describe what Copper and Blue is about? Well, I guess it's... uh we have sort of a tagline, I guess, somewhere on the website. You'd think as managing editor, I would know. I think somewhere we're, we're described as a, as a site for Oiler fans. We give the Oiler fan kind of a little bit of everything. There's obviously, you know, news. Um, there's game day stuff, whether it be a preview. Uh, we do interviews with the other uh, the other team sites on, on the network. Copper and Blue is part of a much bigger, bigger thing. And uh, then we have some statistical analysis as well, if you like, if you like numbers more than watching the game, perhaps. So it's a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. And hockey season never ends, right? It's like when the games stop being played, there's just (laughs) as much content on your site. Yeah, we we do have a fair amount. And I think some of that is, you know, we've naturally managed to find a way to talk about things, not Oilers, because the Oilers, for better or worse, don't play as long as other teams anymore, it seems (laughs) like. They're uh, they're kind of wrapping their season up in April, and then they don't come back till, till the middle of September with training camp. But... We still can can talk about you know whether it be um, the Stanley Cup playoffs or free agency or the draft or 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 there's always something we can we can talk about and and really I mean that's that's the market we kind of work with or people that for whatever reason are interested in thinking about the Oilers for a couple hours almost every day. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of content that we we produce. And yeah, it, it's it's a little bit nuts at times that there's that kind of appetite for it. But that's, that's where Edmonton is with hockey, I guess. Yeah. And, and your title is Managing Editor. Do you read everything that goes on the site? I read everything that goes on the site. Um, I read most of the comments. I'll admit they can get a little long and drawn out. Yeah. Um, especially like if in-game stuff. Yeah, that's just discussing the game. I don't need to see it. But I do read all the all the posts on the site. I, uh, I spend a lot of time reading other sites as well. I mean, right. there, are, there are plenty in Edmonton. Lots of, of blogs, actually, when it comes to hockey. So, no, I probably read, I would hate to put an hour count to it, but it's more than what would probably be healthy, I would suggest. Because <laughs> you have a day job, too. I do have a day job, yep. So how much time do you spend on Copper and Blue in a day or a week, whatever? Measure? Well, one of the things that's nice with my job, um, being an engineer, I, I'm effectively, you know, I'm, I'm a professional. So I have, you know, my hours to do. I have that. And if, if that means sometimes I might be at work for 10 hours to get eight done, that's what it is, right? I kind of, I sort of make my own hours and that's good. Um, I will read things at night. I'll read things in the morning, at lunch, uh, on the weekends. A little tougher now with a, with a small kid at home. I don't quite have the free time I used to have, but yeah. I still manage to fit it in. Uh, so how did you end up on Copper and Blue? Well, uh, I started writing about the Oilers a little bit because, and I mean, it's, it's a sort of a joke, but it's not entirely untrue. Uh, my wife was just tired of listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> I needed I needed to vent to a, a completely different audience who could choose to listen to me as opposed to was in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing and then um, 
Bruce McCurdy, who now writes at the Cult of Hockey, he was one of the people that was at Copper and Blue for a while. And when he moved over to the Cult of Hockey, they needed some extra space. The managing editor at the time, Derek Zona, he asked me if I would be interested in filling in. And I mean, obviously that's a pretty big deal because for me, I was, I was writing, you know, my own thing and I, you know, I'd post something, I'd get 75, maybe a hundred views or something like that in a day. Whereas now with Copper and Blue, I mean, it's, it's a thousand in a, in a couple hours, right? Wow. I mean, the, the, the reach is completely different. So if you've got a bit of an ego and you, you think people actually want to read the things you write, it's a, it was really a great opportunity. And they recruited you based on what you were writing on spilled, spilled oil? Spilled that, oil. Yeah. yeah. That's that. And that's still how we, how we operate it at Copper and Blue is if I find someone who's writing something about the Oilers and whether it be local or, or anywhere, um, you know, I might reach out and say, Hey, do you want to, do you want to write here instead? Uh, we have, we're the only blog I, I, that I know of. We actually have a, what we call a fan post option on the side. So anybody who signed up for the site can come in and write anywhere from 15 words to 15,000 if you want, and it'll be posted on the site. And, you know, if, if I see it or notice it or think it's good, uh, we'll just push it to the front page like it's anybody else's article. Nice. And it's kind of like a farm team thing. We've, yeah. we've recruited a few people out of there for sure. That's cool. Is that how Sunil Agnahotra came from? I've, uh, I, I've, I've read Sunil's stuff for a long time. And when I took over as managing editor in, I don't know, I'm going to say it was like May, I was literally one of like the first five things I did was reach out to Sunil to ask right. him to write for us. Um, he's got a really good perspective in terms of numbers and, and he writes quite well. Sometimes the guys that, that are good with numbers, they can't write. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm familiar with guys who are, are good with numbers and not good with words. And, and he was certainly one where, you know, and he's local. A lot of our guys aren't right. too, right? I mean, for a while, I was, I was the only guy from Edmonton writing on the oh, site. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, we had guys in... In Newfoundland and in Toronto and in Buffalo and Pennsylvania, Vancouver, Calgary, but I was the only one in Edmonton. So uh, finding more local guys that we can sometimes sit and have a beer with and discuss things outside of the internet, also nice. Also nice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you became managing editor when Derek left? Derek Derek stepped away. Yeah. Uh, just family stuff, too much other things going on. So yeah. he's still, uh, he still pops by every now and then to write, but not nearly to the, to the extent that he did. And what attracted you to that position? Um, just wanting to keep the site kind of moving moving forward and in a way that I understood it. In terms of the guys that have been there, I mean, I've been there now for about four and a half years, I guess, would be about right. And, you know, it's something that I've put a lot of time into uh, myself. I looked the other day, I think I've written something stupid, like 680 posts on that site. I mean, the amount of time that I've, I've put in. And, you know, I'm sure if, if I hadn't been there, you know, someone else from the group might have stepped up or, you know, perhaps not. It, it is time consuming. Yeah. Um, and, you know, eventually those shoes would have had to have been filled. It, uh, we, you know, we've got requirements from advertisers and everything else, right? So, um, you know, in this case, I took it a little bit to just make sure it continued to be what I had helped build. Uh, someday I, I won't be able to continue to do it. And it's just, you know... I, I can see life taking over. I've joked that maybe someday the Oilers will win a playoff game and I'll just say, that's it. That's all. You know, we've, we've never on the site written about a playoff game. Right. I, I might honestly just write a game recap for the first one and then say, and I'm finished. <laughs> I did it. I was first. No more, you know, but no, that the, the biggest reason was just to, to maintain kind of what it is. Yeah. And, and so many guys have come through 
the copper and blew it and gone on. Like Jonathan Willis started it and, and Jonathan writes, uh, I think 17 things a day, every day on who knows how many sites. Yeah. He's fantastic. And then, you know, like Bruce McCurdy, like it's been a voice for a lot of people. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure that that continued to be that same type of thing. Yeah. Is, is it a paid position that you have? I do get paid. Uh, I don't get paid much. No. Um, I do get paid in American money though. So that's really nice yeah. right now. I'm like, hey, exchange <laughs> rate's fantastic. But no, I will not be quitting my day job anytime no. soon. It, basically, I can offset my season tickets right now is about what I do. So, uh, you know, it's nice. Yeah. I would be, I would be talking, thinking, and probably writing about the Oilers for free if I didn't do it here. So I guess it works out. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that Copper and Blue is part of a bigger thing. So that bigger thing is SB Nation, which is owned by Vox Media, which has a whole bunch of other uh, new media properties. What's the difference between working for a big American company, kind of, in a way, versus when Copper and Blue was independent? I think the biggest thing that that I notice is sometimes we get, we might get things pushed down to us uh, that they want to promote or put forward that I don't think have anything to do with maybe a Canadian audience or hockey in general. Um, you know, I, I've looked at the numbers just for fun, um, what some of the NFL sites generate on a Sunday. Uh, we don't generate that. Right. <laughs> the The appetite for, for those markets is completely different. And so, you know, there are times that we, there there's an impression that maybe we're not taken as seriously, but um, they are still, they're, they're, they're a big entity and they, they provide a lot of opportunities. A lot of the sites... Uh, the other sites, less so in Canada, but the U.S. ones, have managed to use kind of that that parent company that exists to help get their bloggers actually credentialed wow. to, to go into dressing rooms and that. Now, in Canada, I don't know that any team is really embracing bloggers very much. There's a lot of traditional media in Canada, obviously, covering the teams. Yeah. <laughs> you may be familiar with this. So <laughs> they, they, they haven't had to reach out to that, that new media yet to continue to draw people's attention. Yeah. But, you know, that's... That's kind of what's there. And, and they, they do provide us with, really, I mean, in terms of the site design and layout, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. know how to do the most basic things in, in coding. So, you know, it, it, it gives it a very professional look, which is certainly nice. If you could get a uh, press pass, would you want it? I honestly don't know. Yeah. And that's something we've talked about a bunch of times. Like, you know, is, is, there, is there something in the way that, we cover stories where that would be beneficial. I, I, I could see it if we wanted to expand our, our post-game coverage to include some, some quick comments and, and, and brief thoughts on, on the night's work. But a lot of what we do and the way we provide it, I don't think it benefits a lot from, I'm not going to say boring isn't the right word, but NHL players aren't that exciting, most of them. Um, Connor McDavid is 18 and he sounds like he's been in the league since, well, for 17 years. He gives the most basic answers you've ever heard. Ryan Smith is at home saying, wow, that guy's kind of boring. Like he never (laughs) says anything. And so, you know, do we get a lot out of that? I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I wouldn't mind you know, maybe watching the game from a different angle, though. That would be nice. Yeah, to be up on the yeah, catwalk. Yeah. It looks like a nice place to watch the game from. Yeah. The Oilers, as you mentioned, have been so bad for so long. Mm-hmm. Your entire time b- blogging. Yep. Yeah. So how do you keep up your enthusiasm? 
it is hard. It, it's not just they've been bad the entire time I've been I've been blogging. They've been bad the entire time I've been a season ticket holder. Uh. I got my tickets in March of 2006. I got Stanley Cup run, and then my first full year, they didn't make the playoffs and haven't made the playoffs since. Yeah. Um, it's now 10 years and counting, right? Or soon will be 10 years and counting. Yeah. The hardest thing to do is to put a positive spin on, on anything when they're bad, and it's easy to start out everything you write in, in a negative place. And we've done it. Um, we've had we've had times where it's hard to even get articles up in a week because you just don't care. I mean yeah. to to write something and take a couple, three hours out of your time out of your day is not always easy. And and you have to prioritize it over something else. And when you're just frustrated with the team, it's not it's not always easy. That said, I watch all the games. I've probably watched most in the last three years twice, as completely wow. insane as that is. Um so, you know, I, I try to focus more on little things, you know, maybe finding one good thing to every three negative things that get written, trying not to harp on the same thing. Like we're already having trouble in our, in our game recaps talking about the defense. How many times can you write, this guy wasn't very good. <laughs> Tonight, this guy wasn't very good. I mean, it's always, it's always the same thing. And you want to avoid just being repetitive and, and seeming like you're harping on anything. That's probably the biggest single challenge. Yeah, that we've had. yeah. Yeah. And especially when you get down into the truly meaningless games, which was almost the whole season last La, year. <laughs> the, the last two years, I'd say meaningless started in uh, right around Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it's tough. We've, we've joked. We actually, one time, um, we took, we took an analysis of a trade from like three years earlier at the trade deadline, moved it up as analysis for a trade that year at the deadline. Cause it was just like, look, we don't understand this trade. This trade doesn't make any sense. And we're not going to analyze it anymore. And we just reposted it. We're like, there, it still applies. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, still applies three years later. Yeah. Um, but I guess every season is a new hope and you've got Connor McDavid and it's, other stuff. It's a little bit nuts because, you know, as much as I, I, I sit back and I question sometimes why there's so much appetite for the Oilers. But then, you know, you look at me and I, I'm, I've, I've given them thousands and thousands of dollars over the last 10 years and I haven't seen a playoff game. Part of being a fan is is really just having some hope, having this belief that, you know, okay, well, yeah, this doesn't look good and that's not great and this probably isn't going to work out well. But, you know, <laughs> if, if a couple things break right, they got a shot. And I've probably written that six or seven times. Like, well, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Well, probably not. But, but... Now the butt never happens for me. Yeah. But I keep coming back, right? And I think that's just sort of the way the way things are in Edmonton. We we want this team to be good. And, you know, you look at every little thing now with Connor McDavid, he's he's different. Um I was talking to some people the other day and, and you know, Edmonton fans are familiar with first overall picks. We've had a few. Yeah. He's not like the other ones. He's he's already just phenomenal. You see it every night. I, he did a couple things even last night. They just, they surprise me. He, he does things every game that surprised me and you shouldn't say that about an 18-year-old. So even if everything before didn't work out, there's something here now to start fresh with. Right. Again, yeah. rebuild seven, eight. I don't know what we're up to. I've lost track. But, you know, again, so now there's hope once more. Maybe we can get free of this. Maybe can win a few games, get back to the playoffs. It would be nice if they could, you got to make the playoffs next year because if they don't make the playoffs next year, the Oilers will have the longest playoff free streak in NHL history. Yeah. 
This year they this year they can tie Florida. You don't want to be in the same category as teams <laughs> like Florida. Like when you're talking like, oh, in, in history, there's Florida did this. No, you want you don't want to be the next part of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> How's the Oilago sphere changed since you started paying attention? It's exploded. What what really began is just a few places, um, you know, low tide, Alan Mitchell, he had, has had his sight forever. Um, you know, that that is still one of the single best places to go and learn about hockey. The yeah. comments, read the comments on there. Ignore the comments on most sites. <laughs> I would ignore the comments a lot of time on my site even. I mean, there's good stuff there. There's certain people, yeah. but a lot of it can be just dribble. His his site was certainly a, an amazing place initially. Um, Battle of Alberta was another one yeah. with uh, with Matt Fenwick, Andy Gravia, those guys. Uh, really, really fantastic stuff. Now, uh, and you know, I mean, this is the way the internet works: is everybody can have a voice, right? And you know, today you've got Oilers Nation and the Cult of Hockey and Low Tide. There's the Oilers Rig. There's Beer League Heroes, Oil on White, Copper and Blue. I mean, it's just it's exploded. Then there's a bunch of other guys that are just doing their own thing independently, right? Right. Um, so many of, of the original ones are gone, though. Yeah. Those people have have faded away, and you know, in a lot of cases, it's just life. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, as as like I'm 36 now, and I can't believe this, but I've been, you know, I've been doing this kind of thing and, and reading online f- since I was in university. Yeah. Now I spent seven years there because I had a lot of fun. <laughs> but still, that's that's a long time. I've been I've I've been doing this for 10 plus years. So the evolution has been has been truly remarkable. And I think at times there's a bit of a rush now to be first to say something as opposed to taking a few seconds to say something meaningful. And I don't think that was always the case. And, and I mean, some of that is because, you know, the, the newspapers push things out fast. You've got TSN, everybody's trying to push this and be first. And I, I just, that's the one thing I wish everybody would take a step back from. Don't worry about getting out 500 words first. Write 1,500 that tell you something about Yeah. Instead of just, I got it. Yeah, right. that people. Yeah. And we've, we've fallen, Ed, Edmonton, like I, like I said before, there's the appetite, right? I mean, you go and look around some other cities and, you know, the SB Nation blog for that city might be one of like two or three that would be even thinking about hockey. Um, in Edmonton, we're like one of seven or eight, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's this constant competition for clicks and, and everything else, right? And, you know, that's that's unfortunate. Sometimes it draws away from things, but, you know, I guess it's sort of the reality that we live in. You also blog sometimes about transportation on All Roads Lead to Ryan, which is a great name for a blog. Not as often as I would like. <laughs> but when you do, every time you do, it's so good. I've got, I've got a post I'm, I'm working on right now, and I actually have to like go to like the city archives because there's a street sign out in front of my building that I think makes no sense. Oh. And I actually want to figure out the last time it made sense. And I think it's probably <laughs> like the mid-70s. So, yeah, I'm actually trying to do that, but... It's fun. I like. I mean, I do transportation for a living, and you know, when when something comes up and I have an opportunity to 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 say a little bit about it, you know, I I, I do like to take the opportunity. I haven't had a chance as much lately, and Edmonton's been a little quiet on that front. There's lots of complaining about speeding, but yeah, like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna dedicate a lot of my time to. Like, you don't like it, don't speed. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah, um, there's some reasons why people speed, but I. That one's tough because that's an argument I have at work as well. So I don't really want to extend it to the, <laughs> to the personal <laughs> life. You'll keep 
putting stuff there when you have time and when the spirit moves you to talk about that? I want to look at a different type of intersection, like every couple of weeks, right? On say Wednesdays or something like that. Because there are, there are so many things with roads that I think people are used to seeing. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we've seen the same general intersection design for the whole life that cars have existed. But there's a lot of other things that are out there that could work better. So it becomes a little bit of a, okay, this is explaining it. And a roundabout's the simplest thing to think about. I mean, yeah. we've seen roundabouts, you generally know. This is what they are. This is why they're good. This is why they're bad. This is where in Edmonton, I might think about trying it. Right. right? And something like that. And just saying to people, it's not always... You know, it doesn't have to be a six-lane road intersecting with a four-lane road with turn lanes and signals. Yeah, yeah. It can be something else. Interesting. You know, at an intersection, this is how you would deal with bikes. This is a different way to deal with bikes. Because, you know, I mean, everybody's got different ideas. There's so many things going on out there in the world of transportation. And it's, it is something that is right on the edge of completely changing. There is, there is a, a very traditional way of thinking about roads. And there is a very new way of thinking about roads down to not calling them roads, to calling them streets again, because streets are for everybody, roads are for cars. Oh. Um, but yeah, like there is this, there's going to be a fundamental shift and it's happening in Edmonton. Edmonton has their complete streets guidelines. Lots of cities do. We're trying to come back to a more, I think what the original concept was as opposed to cars, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then some other stuff you might think about. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm excited both for what I do for a living, but just for what that means for cities in general, that that transition is going to be massive. You know, I, I, I think there's, we're just about there with a the critical mass, especially within the downtown, where people are looking at it and saying, yeah, this is part of your commute, but it's also part of my neighborhood. Yeah. And so I have to have a say here as well, whether that be more on-street parking or whether it be bike lanes or a narrower road and wider sidewalks. I mean, these things will take time yes. and they will cost money. Yes. But in the end, we'll have something that better works for everyone as opposed to what moves people quickly from far away to the middle and back. Right. Which is not not what I think we want. And it's not, it's not healthy for society either. But we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the local blogs that you like to read. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA Radio, which has just launched a new season of the TransCanada Music West podcast, highlighting the best live acts in Western Canada. The kickoff episode is a live recording of Junior Gone Wild at the Calgary Folk Music Festival. And if you, like me, came of age in the 80s and 90s in Alberta, this will be quite the trip down memory lane. And they sound good. It was really great to hear. There's another episode up that features Ruben in the Dark at the Calgary Folk Music Festival, and I'm looking forward to listening to that and going through the back catalogue for even more great music. So you can do the same if you subscribe to TransCanada Music West in iTunes, and you can also find it on CKUA's website at ckua.com. So Ryan, tell me what local blogs are always in your view. Well, I mean, sadly, the the biggest focus tends to be hockey, right? Right. Uh, so I, I will check probably three most mornings. I'll look through Low Tide, uh, Oilers Nation, and the Cult of Hockey just about every morning. I'll do the same at night. Those three tend to have the most content. They're pretty up to date. And, and like I said, especially with Low Tide site, the comments are, are quite good. There's a lot of my favorite writers there as well. You know, at, at the Cult of Hockey, you've got David Staples, who I find both really, really smart and 
really, really frustrating when it comes to stats and hockey. Right. Um, he and I don't see eye to eye, but I want to read it anyways, and I love that. Um, I, I just sometimes want to choke him because <laughs> I just think he's just missing it a little bit. But, you know, difference of opinion. Um, Bruce McCurdy, I, I just uh, Bruce is one of the few guys who can write something as long as he does, and. I always read the whole thing. Lots of times I'll scazz. It's probably not going to be good. But I know Bruce has something there at the end. It might be a reference from before I was born. Right. It's always worth reading. Yeah. And then, of course, Jonathan Willis. I mean, I think he, he sees the game just in a really great way, and he describes it nicely. Uh, at Oilers Nation, there's a couple of really good, good, good writers there. Um, Matt Henderson is one that they just recently brought in. I say recently. I think he's been there over a year now. Yeah. I am getting old. <laughs> um, he, he's he's good. He's fun on Twitter as well. Yeah. A uh, little sarcastic, but he's fun. He's um, archaeola guy on yeah, Twitter. That's yeah, that's him. Yeah. I Yeah, I met him once and I was like, I don't know how to say it. I just, <laughs> like if, if he changed his Twitter image, I wouldn't even know who he was. Yeah. But yeah, and then the other thing that's kind of nice with Oilers Nation is, is they get with Jason Greger, they've got a little bit of that access standpoint as well, right? And I mean, yeah. he's obviously got a, a big voice in the city of Edmonton. Uh, again, not a guy I always agree with. And that's that's one of the things I try hard to do, even with local blogs and something I like, like the Oilers, is read things I don't always agree with. Right. I mean, if, if you make your life an echo chamber of agreement, it's kind of boring. I try to avoid public fights with people on Twitter. It's not going to advance anything, but, you know, hear a different opinion and think about it a different way. Maybe there's something there. Those those are sort of the, the three blogs I look at the most, Oilers Nation, uh, Cult of Hockey, and uh, Low Tide. There's a couple others. Uh, Sunil doesn't just write for us. He writes on his own site as well. Super fan. Yeah. He's great. Uh, he doesn't always tell me when he's posting stuff there. So I'm like disappointed. I'm like, we, we email all the time. Like, give me a heads up, man. And uh, Wood Guy on Twitter, Darcy McLeod, he writes at, uh, I think it's called Wood Blog or Because Oilers. I think oh, both okay. will get you there. Um, because Oilers being in, you know, a long-running joke with yeah. his team. Yeah. But uh, he does some really nice stuff with, with stats as well. And, you know, the Oilers signed Cam Talbot or traded for Cam Talbot this summer. And he's looked great. And when people first started talking about this, I'm like, I don't want Cam Talbot. That's stupid. And he writes this big, long thing. I'm like, man, I want Cam Talbot. <laughs> completely changed my mind on this guy. Like, I got to look into this a little more. So, you know, there's, there's, that's sort of what I love about it is, is finding these guys who, who can write and can explain it and take the time. And, you know, it's, it's fun to, to have that little piece of, of local flavor to these things. Right. So just from that list, it's clear that the, the, the Oilers blogging, ecosystem is quite mature. If someone wanted to start blogging about the Oilers, what would what would your advice be for them? I would say, and this is a little bit how how I kind of got my my voice out there is, you know, don't don't worry about writing about everything. You know, pick pick a topic or two a week if that's the time you have, if it's once a week, whatever, right? But find the time to write something and promote yourself a little bit and reach out to people on Twitter and ask them questions. You know, a lot of times you, you, you can comment on someone else's story. It can get lost. It can get drowned out by the noise. But reach out to the people, whether it be by email. Twitter is an easy one. Um, if you want to, if you're not sure if your comment makes sense, then send a direct message. Right. I've had lots of people ask me questions about stats. Guys in the media are just like, I don't quite understand this, right? And that's fine. You don't have to publicly admit you don't know. Yeah. But, you know, kind of reach out to those people because if you have good ideas, the internet is great for good ideas finding people. And, you know, as long as you're just 
putting it out there and being honest about it too, right? If, if it's not good, if it can be improved on, then improve on it the next time. Yeah. I look back on some of the things I wrote and stupid. Like, I don't know what I was, <laughs> some of it's a, a changed way of thinking and some of it's just, I just had no idea what I was talking about, right? <laughs> so stick to what you know. Uh, I guess if you really want to, to try to jump some steps, you can come to the Copper and Blue. You can use the fan post option. Yeah. Send me an email. Make sure I see it. I'm obviously on the site all the time, but I'm on my phone on the site on the weekends and I don't, I don't see everything quite the same way. So, you know, drop, drop me an email, send me a tweet. I wrote this. What do you think? How can I improve on it? And, uh, you know, I think there's lots of guys out there that will help. I know Bruce McCurdy's one. If, if you want feedback, he's a guy who will help you. Just don't, don't try to be all things to everyone. Yeah. Just write what you want to write and the rest of it will figure itself out. The internet's fun that way. Excellent. That is wonderful advice and that's a good place to end. Uh, so thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. Glad to do it. Thank you very much. Uh, so make sure you get your hockey fix at coppernblue.com and your transportation fix at <laughs> allroadsleadtoryan.com. And Ryan's a great follow on Twitter. He is at Ryan underscore Batty. If you go to the non underscore Ryan Batty, that's not the right one. If, if you don't like what I read about Oilers, tweet the other Ryan Batty. He, <laughs> he's actually a Colorado Avalanche fan. He'll be ah. happy to hear from you. <laughs> Uh, links to all of these and Ryan's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com and subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. You'll also get updates on our monthly podcasting meetups and the next one is going to be on November 22nd, so you'll get details about that. I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>